We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the new episode of Home Visit with Tyler Siski and the Associates, joined by my man, DJ Elliott. DJ, how are we doing this wonderful Monday morning? I tell you what, man, if I was any better, okay, I'd, I'd be the President of the United States. I'm doing great, man. That's pretty good. You see what hat I'm rocking today, right? Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all. Making his comeback this weekend. Boom. How about that? Yep. So I'm fired up. Tiger, Tiger week for me. You know, nobody else cares but me. I like my – Tiger's my guy. Hey, we'll start it off. There wasn't a lot – the Army-Navy game was awesome uh, this past weekend. I just – I don't know what it is about that, man. I just I, – I like watching it every year. It makes me feel, I think, you know, patriotic. Uh, but the, the news that bothered me this weekend was the Heisman. Um, I think the right guy won, okay. But the other guys that were there, I don't even think – I think there were two people that wasn't there that should have finished second and third. And I feel like right. I'm the I'm the wrong guy here. Um, right. And I'm going to get your opinion on this. But if I was to do a ballot, which, you know, they'll never give me a Heisman ballot. But <clears throat> if I was to do one, I think the right guy won. I think Bryce Young won. You know, he deserved it and ran away with it. Um, I don't think there's any question about that. But Matt Corral and Will Anderson being left out and not even there, in my opinion, they were the number two, Matt Corral and then Will Anderson. Like the people that were there didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Maybe besides the pit quarterback, I, mean, I can, I can, you can sell me on that one. But the hot CJ Stroud and the D lineman from Michigan, I mean, I don't get it. No, Will Anderson had a lot better stats than um, Aiden Hutchinson, the D lineman from Michigan. Um, he just didn't get a lot of hype, and for some reason, you know, the Heisman is like running for office. You know, it's it's voters that um, are. Uh, in the media and its former Heisman Trophy winners, and you know, it's it's crazy because it comes down to sometimes just the hype that you get. You remember the years ago when, when it was a Joey Arrington when Oregon paid for his um, his poster be put in Times Square, and that was because running becoming the Heisman Trophy winner sometimes is, is running a campaign. I mean, that's that's the, that's this the uh, reality of it. But I agree with you. If it was based on just the way you played on the field, Will Anderson has the best stats of any edge rusher in the country, okay, and has played the best teams in the country. And I think he's tremendous. Yeah, if you go and you put Matt Corral, like let's put Matt Corral at Ohio State with those receivers. How do you, right. th- how do you, think, it, how do you think it ends up for them? Correct, yeah. I mean, or, or, uh, or how about, uh, what is it, Jordan Davis? Is that the D lineman at Georgia? Yeah. Yes. So th- th- he'll never get it because it's being voted on by – um, media and, and uh, by former Heisman Trophy winners. But I tell you what, if it was being voted on by coaches, he'd been in that top five. Because nose guards don't make a lot of plays. They, they don't, period. Their position isn't put there to make plays. They're there to take plays away. They're there to change the game. And, you know, Jimbo used to always say, hey, guys, you know how important a nose guard is? He doesn't make a lot of plays in the game, but guess what? In the NFL, he makes a lot of money. <laughs> the reason he makes a lot of money is because it's not the plays he makes, it's the plays he, he takes away. 
Yeah. They changed the game. They completely changed the game. A great nose guard like that. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just what what would it how would the Heisman be if it was voted on by coaches? You think that would be a popular thing? The only thing is people would probably say that there would be um, you know, some agendas in it because coaches would be trying to get their guys in it, you know, or coaches would be trying to get the guy they rival and recruiting his guy not in it. So that would be the only thing. People would probably say that uh, there would be agendas. But if there was no agenda in it and coaches were just solely making the decisions based on the play of the guys out there, then I, I think Matt Corral would have been in it. I think Jordan Davis would have been in it. I think Will Anderson would have been in it. Agree. Me personally. The other thing you're going to get, and, and this is probably the most validated argument that you'll get, is people don't realize this, but as coaches, you don't get to watch a lot of football. You know, you get to right. watch it on film, the guys you're playing against, and if you get them on film, now you watch that, you dissect that kind of game. Like if you're an SEC coach, you know the SEC inside and out, upside down. Okay. Um, but when it comes to Pac-12 and Pac-12 after dark, you're long gone. You're checked out and, and moving on to the next one. But, you know, fun fact, remember with the, uh, the coaches poll used to be a big deal back in the day? Yeah. I was uh, – so I was a GA at Arkansas State with Steve Roberts. And he and he got tired of sending his vote in, so I got to be I got to send his vote in. I got to vote as a GA. I was representing the coaches poll, and he said, "Look, I'm going to let you do this." He goes, "Because I know you know you watch a little bit more than I do." He said, "So I'm going to let you you do the coaches poll ballot." I, <laughs> good good thing he's not in coach anymore. They'll never send him another ballot if this ever got out. But as a GA, <laughs> I got to I got to do the uh, his coaches poll ballot. He said the only the only thing I require. And, and I had to do it every week, and he's not joking. Is And back then, Duke wasn't very good. Um, and, I mean, they were terrible. He says, you have to vote Duke number 25 every week because he was a Duke fan. So <laughs> I had to vote Duke number 25. And they were like one – I don't know what the record was, but they were like, you know, one in ten or one in whatever it was. And, and they were getting a, they were getting a uh, 25 uh, vote in the top 25 every week. So that was oh, funny. that's crazy. That is funny. Well, well, this week, as, as uh, listeners are listening to this, it's Monday morning for us, obviously, but uh, for everybody else, signing day is on Wednesday, and uh, it used to be a big deal. Signing day was like Christmas Day, man. It was exciting. I, I think it's lost so much luster uh, with the portal and with the early signing day combined with the portal. Um, I think this is just going to be like the biggest letdown. I, I love it on, on social media, all these uh, – Sites are like pumping up signing day special, signing day special, and it just—it's. Uh, I mean, it's just kind of lost all of its luster. You know what I mean? It, it has. What one thing that was big too was the all-star games. You guys, the uh, the companies that would run the all-star games would encourage the recruits not to make their announcement on where they're going until they got to the All-Star game, and that would get more viewers at the All-Star game. Well, now these All-Star games are past signing day. They're after signing day, right? And so you don't have that effect. And then um, you just don't have the same media attention that you used to get on signing day. I, I can remember when I was at Florida State, you know, we found out, you know, about five of our kids committing on ESPN on signing day, you know? We'd be in there watching it, yay! You know, it just, it doesn't have that same feel to it. Yeah, it doesn't. Everybody it, pretty it, much, everybody pretty much knows who they got and it's locked up and there's gonna be, do the rankings and move on. Yeah, the the thing that's crazy to me is, so last week, what obviously what we're doing with Quick Recruiting and uh, Quick U, you know, last week I was helping uh, one of our friends was, uh, had got a new, had got a head job and so I was helping him basically try to get uh, going through some some players that were uncommitted or whatever. This blows my mind. And if they're and, and we got a lot of college coaches listening, and they they're gonna know exactly what I'm saying. A lot of high school coaches are out there. I have never seen a cycle go through to where we're what two days away from every, or as you're listening the day of being over, and the amount of talent out there that has nothing. I'm talking about there are guys all over the country that are really that I would be dying to sign a couple years ago. I mean, I would be. I mean, I'm talking about really, really, really good football players that don't have anything. I'm talking about don't have the first offer. I was talking to a high school coach the other day, and there's a kid that I would say if I was guessing, I would say he's kind of a. Uh, 
a group of five, power five guy, you know, he's kind of in there. And he has one Division two offer. One yeah. Division two offer that's a, the school that's close to him. But three years ago, I would consider him a group of five, power five, like right on that cut line, you know, right, one of those kind of guys. Right. And he has one Division two offer. And I know we talked about this, you know, well even before. It's funny because from when this rule came out, we talked about this on the podcast before you were even on here. But this is going to happen. High school coaches are panicking. They're like because they've been coaching. I mean, they're not idiots. They know what good players look like, and they've coached them. And they're going like, "Why is my guy not getting recruited? Why is my right. guy not getting recruited?" And it's all because of the portal. And yeah. we can call it what we want to call it, but that's the reason. Coaches, um, I got. I will say this. I talked to. I was talking to not not one of our good buddies, but I was talking to another FBS head coach last week. And we were talking about how different it is and how crazy it is. Because I called him and said, hey, man, are you not recruiting this guy? And, and he's like, I said, I mean, what's wrong with him? I said, he's because I'm trying to help somebody. I said, but you know, I, I knew he knew more than I did. So I called right. him and I said, because the guy's like 15 minutes from his campus. You know, when you got an FBS player 15 minutes from your campus, you know, is no, more than you want to know. And so right. I said, is he, what has he done? Is he not qualified? Da, 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 da. He goes, he is a great player. He said, we just can't take him because, one, we're on better. And I, was, I, was, I shook my head. I was like, you're on better? He's like, yeah, we're on better. And then I said, two, is, you know, we're going to save some spots. And he goes, I honestly believe, and this was probably the most true statement I've heard through this cycle. He says, I think the winner of this new recruiting way that's going on right now is going to be the person who has the most spots available the day before classes start. He goes, I think that's who's going to win, who's going to become great, a great football team, who has the most spots available, most scholarships available before the start of classes. That's the new mentality. From a, from a, that's coming from an FBS head coach, okay, who has the most scholarships available the day before classes start. And I don't. So the new the new signing day is is August is what you're telling me. The new signing day is August. That's when we need to wait around. Well, there's two. No, he said there is an early signing day. It's the day before January classes and the day before uh, day before August classes. (laughs) You know, and it starts off cuts off in July. But you know, you get the point. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's. You know what? There's there's actually some merit to that because there is. Well, but when I first got into college coaching. Everything was about the senior evaluation, you know? Everybody wanted to evaluate them, their senior film. And I, I honestly think the early commitments, I, I believe that was started by Urban Meyer. And and um, and now everybody was getting guys to commit early, way before their senior year. Um, Mac Brown used to get guys to commit way early. Way He used to get them to commit way before their senior year. And, and then now that's kind of the trend in, in Power 5 football, especially for high school kids. And I think what you found is there was the guys that were late developers. There were guys that um, maybe as a junior, they maxed out. And other guys as a senior, they passed them. And it's kind of the same philosophy with what you're saying is that getting on guys early, you're depleting your options. And maybe it's best to wait it out to the end and see exactly what all your options are before you make a decision. And that... And there's a lot of merit to that because, you know, as college coaches, we've always said guys that got on guys too early missed out on some late bloomers. Yeah. The the biggest mistake when you, you had to be really careful when you're taking, you know, when you're in a, a SEC school, you know, that's, you're, you're doing your evaluation on junior film. Okay. And Correct. sometimes sophomore film. Correct. And, there were two issues, right? One, just what you said, you missed on guys who were late bloomers, you know, guys who, yeah. who developed late. And then, two, you missed on a lot of kids, right, wrong, or indifferent. They got – they committed, and they forgot what got them there. They lost their edge. Yeah. They didn't work, and they actually became – I mean, it probably happens in one out of every ten players, I, I'd say, that yeah. actually become worse players as seniors than they were as juniors because, you know, they get lazy – they like, oh, I'm, I've, you know, they they lose their, they're not humble, humble anymore. They get, they got the big head, whatever you want to call it, and they get worse. And so you had to be very careful on the right guy, you know, to take the right guys back then. But, you know, 
the thing with the portal, here's where here's where uh, it's it's kind of funny because I saw it on Twitter. It's been this. It'll be a big deal this week, and it'll be a big deal going in the spring. And everybody, everybody's like, you know, I don't know how we're going to keep up with all these scholarships and losing scholarships and all that stuff. I'm like, well, no shit. We've been talking about it for. I mean, they know college coaches know, but fans are just now starting to pick up on the fact that wait a minute, these guys that were talking about this in this past summer, they may know what they're talking about. Right. Is the number one thing that you're going to have to do, which we'll talk about in a second, is you're going to, <laughs> you're going to, have to recruit your own players, okay, to stay. All right, you want to lose. I will say this. If they continue to put the rule at 32, I'd make sure I lost seven every year. I think that rule's in there. You can go basically it's – like, it's like being – it's like the how my kids are now. You know, back when I was in school, if you screwed up on a math test, you screwed up on a math test. Now they, let, they give you like 14 chances to, to, uh, to take it over again until you get it right because everybody's got to get a trophy. All right, and it, it never teaches them a failure. And I, I'm a big, I'm a big believer now. I mean, a mistake is only a mistake if you don't learn from it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you need failure in your life. If you if you don't ever fail, you're never going to succeed because you don't understand. I think that's where you you learn, right? And I guess my point of the drill is this: is like if if you sign a class of kids and you miss seven times, do you know how much I would have liked to go in and said, "Hey, I'm," because look, we all miss. Okay, anybody that says they don't miss on a recruit is full of shit. Okay, everybody misses. All right, could you go back and take seven of them and say and get rid of seven mistakes in a class? Holy smokes, man! I, I sure would be a better recruiter if I could do that and go pick up and go put and go bring in seven guys to replace them that I know can already play. I mean, <laughs> that's like cheating. That's like that's like having all the cheat codes in the video games, right? Um, so, but it is what it is. But um, lots of good players with nothing out there. I know that. But what about this, DJ? Here's my question okay. that nobody mm-hmm. seems to have an answer for me. Okay. If I'm a college coach, all right. If I'm not doing what I'm doing right now, and I'm I'm still across the street and I'm running recruiting, right? I'm gonna be portal heavy. I am. But it's just how I mean because you don't have time anymore to build anything, and if you if yeah. you say oh yeah sure you do okay look at the coaching carousel does anybody believe that we have time okay right. <laughs> I mean it, we're going through it right now you don't have time to do anything anymore I mean no. my man my man Eddie O at Orgeron won a national championship two years ago he's he's in Destin right now at the beach unemployed less than two right. years later you don't have time to do that anymore right so. From a college coach's perspective, they're going to try to keep winning as fast as they can. But if you keep – I want to see if you can answer this question for me. If you keep okay. taking portal guys, right? Uh-huh. All right. Aren't you eventually going to run out of portal guys because nobody's recruiting high school players anymore to go to college? Uh, yeah, that's a fair, fair assessment. Do you, that, you, does uh, that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, yep, that's If a everybody keeps I- taking all these – Portal guys, there's nobody coming in the. You, you got to continue. There's got to be. There, everybody, I think, is gonna. Well, here's what here's what's happening right now. Who are the guys that uh, are getting the most high school football players? I think are at the top. Correct. I think, I think the Alabamas. I think the Georgias. You know, they're getting the most high school players. Okay, and so is it their second team guys? They're guys that aren't getting in the field. That are getting. They're getting into the portal, and then those guys are now being grabbed by everybody below them. So maybe they're the ones recruiting the portal more heavily. And then I think what's going to change too is right now, the high school players that end up being good players at lower level divisions, they're getting recruited by the upper level divisions because they did a good job, right? So if those schools at the bottom start taking less high school players, then there's going to be less of those players to be grabbed by the schools at the top. Now, the schools at the top are going to continue to take high school players, and so their guys that aren't getting on the field are going to continue to enter the portal. So I anticipate the portal numbers will go down because, like you said, there's going to be less high school players to choose from. And remember, the portal rule is once you transfer, you can't transfer again. You're stuck. Now, you you know the place where recruiting has gone basically to zero because of the portal is junior college. I talked oh, to yeah. some junior college coaches, and they're they're not getting recruited at all. I mean, at all, because that used to be where we would go to get a veteran player that could play right away, right. and and that's that's not the case anymore. Now you can go get the portal, and you don't have to recruit a junior college. So the junior college is the one, that, along with high school, that is really really suffering. 
And DJ, you were not on the, you were not an associate at that time. But when this rule passed right in the middle of us starting this podcast, I literally, yeah. that was the next sentence out of my mouth is, why would you ever go recruit a junior college player ever again? Junior college right. is the one that's going to get screwed on this deal. And the high school kids, too. But You know, one one place where I got this information, too, is there's a group of five school that's cleaning up. And <laughs> the JCs, yep. they're like, okay, hey, I we're said that too. players. We're getting players out of the JCs we never could have got. You know I said I mean? that too. If I was a and, yeah. and I told a couple of my buddies that were a group of five, I said if I was a group of five uh, school, okay, you're going to be able to get a better quality player out of JUCO because they're not the big boys aren't recruiting them anymore. They're no. not because they're going to get portal guys. It's just a it's a whole different line of thinking. Um, but going back to what I was saying with good players left in the portal, I mean a good play, good high school players left with nothing is. There's group of five schools that are getting play, high school players to commit that they have no business recruiting. Okay, I mean I know group of five schools that are that are signing what I considered SEC players three years ago. Okay, they're signing right. a higher quality player and they don't feel the need to stretch. Okay, because they can go the portal is so active and, and and going they don't they don't feel the need to stretch. And if you are in a group of five school like you just said, it's safer for you to take a portal guy. Because you don't ever have to worry about that guy leaving you, okay? You take a right. lot of high school guys, now you're worried about that guy leaving. So, Correct. That's that. So, talking about the portal, we had some big news come out yesterday on the portal. Uh, the first thing is, like we talked about, I don't know if it was last week, week before last, is our good friend, uh, Quinn Ewers, he, he decided, he took our advice, he must be listening to the podcast, he went to Texas. Yep. So, uh, he is fixing to make more money in the NIL than he could ever imagine. So correct. Uh, and a good thing for he may Texas never play it down. He's gonna never played it down. Money. He's got four years to play for. Uh, probably will never see four years because he's that good. But if he does, you got a good. You got a quarterback. You don't have to worry about him leaving. Um, what a, I mean, big pickup for Texas. And I and don't be surprised. I don't know this. Okay, but this. But Quinn Ewers going to Texas is going to affect the Arch Manning sweepstakes. I believe that. So. I think that Texas was, if you could say who was in the lead, I would say that they were probably in the lead. Um, I think that opens the door for the Georgia Bulldogs. I do. And uh, don't be surprised if Oklahoma doesn't make a push on them pretty soon. So um, with Levy being in Oklahoma now. So uh, good for them, uh, for Texas getting Quinn Ewers. And then the other one that's going to, that's going to uh, since we're in SEC land here, it's going to get a lot of, uh, going to be a lot of heat down in Auburn, Alabama today because Bo Nix and Tank Bigsby are hitting the portal. So your know, two best that. players, your two best players shot the deuce. Okay. How about that? And uh, let me tell you something. I, and we said at the beginning of the year, I still say it. Tank, Tank Bigsby is the best running back in the SEC. Now, yep. you look and you watch his stats and all that stuff, and you're like, well, he didn't do it this year. Well, he, he's still good, okay? He's still the most talented kid in the league. Um, he's going to end up going somewhere and blowing up. How good – and I do not I do not know this, okay? I do not know this. But you know who's one quarterback away from being really freaking good? Uh, who's that? I'm talking about really freaking good, the Georgia uh, Bulldogs. Well, Yeah. I would have. I already thought they were really good, so that's why I didn't even bring them up. <laughs> what if they had Bo Nix at quarterback? Though? I know they would be dominant, but that's why I didn't even mention Georgia because they're already really, really good. But you're right. If they had another good quarterback, they would be even better. I will just tell you saying, this though. I'm just gonna be devil's advocate here. Go you ahead. Know, uh, Dave Aranda takes over at Baylor, and they go through their first season in the, during COVID. They only won two games, and his starting quarterback who's been the starting quarterback there for four years, transfers and goes to Utah, along with some other players. And Dave Randa just keeps chopping wood, you know. And even even in his post-game um, interview, when he won the Big 12 championship, they said, what is the difference? And he said, well, the guys that are here bought into a new way of doing things. They had success doing things a different way, okay, but they opened themselves up and recognized that maybe there's a, a different way to do things that can still be successful, and the guys that are here did that. And he had some players on his team that were the, some of the best players on his team that transferred and went somewhere else. And without them, he won the Big 12 championship. So, you know, maybe there's some of that, you know, cultural change and shift and 
and uh, philosophy that uh, is going to go in Brian Harson's way too. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And uh, let's talk. I want to talk about two things here, and and one is with roster management and the NCAA for whatever reason. They never were for the last 20 years. They, they've always like, all right, we're making a rule by God, and this is what it's going to be. And you have to adapt to the rule or you're going to die. Okay, But all of a sudden we're starting to get this, this feeling that the NCAA has started moving the goalpost a little bit. Okay, In my opinion, I think – because here's what's going to happen. I mean, we can sit here always – y'all have heard me say this a thousand times. The taxes are going to be due at some point in time by taking all these portal guys. Okay, And what I mean by that is – you know, this year it's that 32, right? But sooner or later, you're going to be so below 85 with taking these older these older transfers that it's going to kill scholarship numbers across the NCAA. Okay, the taxes are going to be due at some point in time. COVID masked a lot of that, then it hurt it again. All right, so I wouldn't be surprised if the NCAA looks up here in, in a couple of years and goes, oh, shit, you know, and they do something about moving the roster number. I mean, moving to 85. They're going to have to do something, um, or the not the 85, excuse me. They're going to have to do some more things with the initials um, to keep everybody in balance because right now there's it's a runaway train, okay? And, you know, coaches are forced, like we said, they're, they're forced basically. I understand it because you force their hand by win or you're gone, so they got to win, but there's a cost for that, and the taxes are due. So – That'll be interesting. But here's my question for you, and this is yeah. so hilarious to me, okay? I never was for it the first time. I know everybody else was, but I've, I've been an advocate of it being in February. But now, all of a sudden, again, because we can't see this far in front of our face, you know, it's like the far – you can't see the forest because the trees are in the way because they never think down the line, oh, now we want to move signing day back again. Well, no shit. I mean <laughs> – you're, 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 you want to move. I, I, we told you that three years or four years ago. We told you that this was going to happen. And it's like, oh man, we got to move it back now because it's affecting, you know, hiring and coaches are coming in and they don't have time to recruit. What? Well, no shit. Like, I'm so frustrated, man, with right. like, we're making these rules and we don't think in front. I mean, we don't look what, you know, if we do this and this happens, what do we do? We got a problem. Oh, it'll be all right. We'll work it out. No. Do you believe in the – do you think the signing day should be moved back? I know. When I was coaching, I sure did like it early. But – Yeah, no, you like it. No, that, that, part, that part is that part is accurate. But I'm just talking about because from the good – for the betterment of the sport. I know. But I'm just going to give you my perspective as a coach first. I sure did like enjoying my holidays because I knew that my mission was over. Because when it wasn't early, you were recruiting all the way through Christmas and, 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 and it was dead. And so you had to get the kids and you can't get a hold of them. And I mean, your, your holidays were not near as enjoyable as they were once they had the, the early signing day, you know. But if you were um, a head coach and you got a head coaching job, you wouldn't like it very much. Uh, probably not. Yeah. No, probably no the assistants oh, loved oh, it now. I'll go ahead and tell you that. Yeah. The assistants, I'm with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> From the assist, and I think, to be honest with you, that's where a lot of these rules came up. It was the coaches got together or whoever, ADs, and were like, yeah. man, this is like, it's getting crazy. And it is. But, yeah. but again, it's like, do you, it's basically like this. You either have to work hard and grind or – you're killing you, – you, you don't give coaches chances. You lose that recruiting class. And, and not to say you're really – you know, even when, the, when signing day was in February, right? Yeah. When signing day was in February and you got a job, I, you got the, a chance to realistically put together what I call a half of a class, okay? Um, and depending on what move you made, right? So if you were moving from like when we came from Arkansas State to Ole Miss, we were recruiting two different types of kids, right? So – you didn't have the relationships that you needed to have with those co- with those kids to really know to be able to recruit them, and you and you kind of had to go with the guys you had relationships with. But if you're going from a, you know, from like my like uh, like Mario, Mario's going from Oregon yeah. to Miami. He already knows those kids, mm-hmm. man. He could go put together a, a bona fide class together in Miami in February, then instead of right. one happening on Wednesday. Right. So, but anyway. It is what it is, but I think they should move it back and just leave it because that, that's the only way with all these coaching changes, and it's not slowing down. Um, it's the only way to really uh, 
survive and you know and give coaches a fair chance to to do anything uh to keep their job all right the last thing i want to talk about well i got two more things i want to talk about in recruiting the, the first thing i want to talk about is this was it's like a, a semi-recruiting special today a lot of stuff came out last week and these these companies are starting to be exposed there's two companies out there man and i'm not going i don't want to get sued so i'm not going to say their name but there's two companies out there. It's not hard to find. You can go look at my man, uh, Matt Dudek at Mississippi State, his Twitter, and then my guy, Matt Wilson at Arkansas State. They went after him uh, on Twitter last week because they, they put out this this tweet saying, you know, you know, Mississippi State called and got our 23 and 24 list, you know, and then they said the same thing with Arkansas State, and they didn't. And these services are charging these kids, or not the kids, they're charging the families are paying up to $5,000 a year okay, to help them get recruited, okay? If you're a parent out here listening, spread the word. If you're in, and college coaches, know. okay? Let me explain something to you about these recruiting services. There's two out there right now, okay? And, again, I'm not trying to get sued. If you want to look at, uh, at Matt Dudek or Matt Wilson's Twitter, so Matt Dudek is the general manager, director, player, person, I don't know his title, at <clears throat> Mississippi State, and Matt Wilson's the same guy at Arkansas State, okay? And they kind of said they went after him. You can see who they went after. Okay, I actually retweeted them. So I just retweeted Matt and him. I thought it was great. But here's what they do is they charge. They, they sit there and they say, oh, we got connections with all these college coaches and all this stuff. And they, char- they have packages they put together up to $5,000. And they said they're going. And basically they're promising kids scholarships. Okay. And they're going to get you in front of college coaches. Well, let me explain to you, parents, if you're out there listening or any fan out there, spread the word because this is what happens. And I'm sure, DJ, you were the same way because you probably know exactly the two I'm talking about. Every day that I would come into the office, every single day, I would have between (laughs) 200 to 300 emails from one of these services, okay? And, I mean, I'm in Alabama, and they're sending me a 5'7", 260-pound left tackle. Like, we're not (laughs) recruiting you. And they were like, and they would tell the parents, oh, I sent your stuff to Alabama today. And the parents were like, yeah, my son's going to play at Alabama. Because parents aren't realistic, okay? They have rose-colored glasses on, and they think they're buying their kid a scholarship. All right, point number one, in 22 years of coaching, not one kid that I ever, at any program that I was ever at, was ever sent to me by a recruiting service. Not the first one. And that's at FCS level, that's at the group of five level, and the power five level. Not one, not the first one, that I even recruit, not sign, that I even recruit from one of these services, okay? Right. And here's, here's how they get them, right? Uh, we're going to get you a scholarship. So they got, they got buddies and things like that, like these D3 and NAI schools. And so I know this happens for a fact. What they'll do is they'll call down to Jacksonville. I'm, not, I'm just throwing one out there. I, I don't even think they're, they play anymore, but like Jacksonville University, okay, in Florida. If they were a D3 school, it may cost $40,000 to go to school there, and they'll get you a 500 Some guys, hey, give him, give him $500 in books, okay? So they'll give you, get you a $500 book scholarship. Hey, congratulations, your new bill is $39,500 for, for the year. Thank you. But we got you a scholarship. You know, we didn't get you a full scholarship. We got you books or we got you meals or whatever it is. But they, they, they prey on these, on these kids, man, and they prey on these families and it just happens year after year after year after year after year, and they have no results. They have no results. And um, just make sure you're very aware of that. If you're a parent or you know somebody that's in the recruiting process, these recruiting services, like it's probably a good time to remind everybody that what we do at Quick Recruiting and what we do at Quick U, we don't charge. How about this? It's completely free of the kids, and it's completely free of the high schools, okay? It doesn't cost a dollar. That's how recruiting services is supposed to be. I'm so tired of these freaking services out there charging these families and, for, and just taking advantage of them. I mean, it is a con. It's what it is. It's a right. professional con. And, and these right. families just keep dumping money into them. Oh, well, we're going to – and what's, here's what will surprise you, is most of the people that do this are well-educated people, and they're smart people. And they think that the, some service is going to help their kid get recruited. Okay? And that's not the case. Example, the kid, I'll tell people all the time, look, I'm not promising anybody scholarships. I'm not. Only, only thing I can promise you is you're going to get looked at if you're in the system. That's it. You're going to get looked at. <laughs> you're going to get evaluated. 
Okay, they may th- say you, you're terrible, but you're going to get evaluated. Right. But I, I don't know. I'm frustrated with that. So you got anything you want to say on that one? Because I know you're probably pissed. Well, I think about you it covered too. it all. I think you covered it all. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if there's any more it does. to say. It gets me hot, man. I mean, it's been going on forever. But anyway, and then uh, the last thing, I, and this is not football, but I thought it was kind of comical. Uh, the Auburn, after four years of investigation, the sanctions came down uh, on Auburn. Uh, basketball, and basically uh, Bruce Pearl had to sit out two games. He couldn't coach Saturday. He can't coach this Tuesday. Um, They lost, you know, got like a $5,000 fine and uh, like some – and probation for a while, lost two scholarships. Yeah, it was pretty light. After after coach, the assistant coach got arrested by the Federal Bureau of Investigation, like the (laughs) FBI. (laughs) And that's what they got. Uh, I mean, Auburn's come. They've gotten away with some, with with a couple of these now that have, have paid I wanna, in their favor. Hey, I can tell you this: if you're an Ole Miss fan, you need to find out who their attorney was, and you need <laughs> and you need to put that guy on, on retainer. I don't know who it is. I want to find out who the attorney who did that. I want to know who did the invest who did who did the bargaining with the NCAA from Auburn's behalf. That guy is awesome. Like, I want that guy on retainer. I don't care what it costs. Seriously, are you kidding me right now? Like, are you, is this a joke? And look, I mean, think about it. Here's what you do. You just put this guy on retainer, DJ, okay, yeah. and you just go cheat yeah. your balls off. I mean, they went to a Final Four, cuz. They played – they almost won a national title. They, they played for it. They should have won a national title. And they got the head coach can't coach two basketball games. Like, what? Uh, I mean, what uh, are we doing? So here we go. We got to stop. We got to stop recording this thing because I'm laughing too. Much. <laughs> I know. Let's go. I mean, geez, man, Christmas. So yeah, I tell you this: if I ever, if I ever got back in it ever, I'm gonna go find out. I'm putting that guy on my own retainer. I'm he's getting he's getting half my salary. Whoever the whoever the the attorney or negotiator. For the, I'm finding out. I'm I'm paying him. He's getting half my salary every year up front. He's gonna be like my agent. So everything goes through him. So I mean, geez, man, Christmas. All right. Uh-oh. I mean, I don't even know what to say. I'm just. Oh. Mm. All right. That's classic. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. All right. So let's move on. Uh, <laughs> so the coaching carousel, like last week, uh, the Miami stuff went down pretty much after right after we got through. Uh, Yep. Recording. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, in case you're under a rock, Mario's now at Miami. But how about my man Manny yep. Diaz going Boom. to Penn State, man? Penn State, man. Yep. So he, that, he that tells me. Hey, you know what that tells me, though? That tells me he did not have mitigation in his contract. So, he's fisting the – he's get, he's going to get his money from uh, Miami, and he's fisting to get his money from Penn State. So, he hey, look, Manny's probably pissed off, but he's going to have a nice Christmas. I can tell you that. All right, he's going to be the highest paid uh, coordinator in the Big Ten, that's for sure. Probably ever. I mean, <laughs> ever, yeah. ever. The highest paid coordinator that's ever been paid. So, yep. what did he get? Yep. He get eight? Is that what his number was? Eight or nine? Well, yep. He got eight. Out. Mario got eight a year. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, he got eight for his buyout. Mario got eight a year. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he got $8 million, and then and he's probably getting, what, two, probably right at two to be at, at Penn yes. State? $10 million Christmas? Not a bad gig. Yeah. If you can get no. it. But look, I, 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 I'm 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 still pissed off about it. It wasn't handled the right way, um, but I'm glad for Manny uh, to be able to move on and, and let's go. Uh, next thing was, did you see the uh, Dan Lanning saga that happened on Friday? I mean, I heard about it. All right, so I, I did too. I, I got I had some inside. I got some inside stuff. Right, so I don't know. I, so Dan Lanning basically was offered the job. Okay, this is to my understanding. Now it could be completely false. I'm just telling you, it's as close as I can get. Okay, last okay. time I got as close as I can get when Lincoln Riley had taken the LSU job too, right? So here we go. Yeah. He, he, they were basically just negotiating how and all that stuff of coaching in the playoff versus being at Oregon, yada yada yada. So he starts calling around, getting his staff together. Okay, and then word leak suggested the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that he's going to be the next head coach at Oregon. He's putting his staff together. So they go ahead, you know, everybody's got to be breaking news. So they go ahead and, and put it out there. What well, pisses the Oregon people off to the point where it almost cost Dan Lanning the job. 
I do know this for a fact. Jimmy Sexton was on the phone, and it took some, you know, Jimmy being Jimmy, and he, that's why he's the best in the business and always will be. Right. Okay, but right. I thought it was kind of like childish a little bit on Oregon's part to come out and say to put out to their press people because, I mean, we know who leak, who leaks information. They put it out that there has not been an offer. And they, they want to, like, if you're going to hire the guy anyway, just don't say anything because now it looks right. it's a bad PR deal. It just looks right. stupid. Uh, but anyway, uh, Dan Lanning ends up going to – but it almost cost him the job. That's the point I was going to make. But uh, it didn't, so everything worked out there. And then the last thing that we have to bring up, we have officially now – it's official. We have good home visit karma because okay. my man and previous guest on home visit, Mike McIntyre, is the new head coach, yep. our buddy – Yep. At Florida International, FIU. How about that? I think that's fantastic. I mean, such a good guy and an excellent coach and one that knows how to win at that level. Here's a guy that goes to San Jose State when they're about to drop football. I mean, talk, talk about low budgets and no support. They were at the point where they didn't even want the football program anymore. And he takes that team to an 11-2 and season. And they have been a contender ever since he left. They've been a contender out there ever since he's left. He could truly built a program there. And then goes to Colorado and has a 10-2 year, and he's the coach of the year, the AFCA football coach of the year. 2016 okay? won basically every 20... coaching award ever, right? Yes, every coaching award ever. I mean, over every college coach in the country. And so here's a guy that's done it at two programs, Okay, it's turned it around at two programs, but on top of that, you know his dad played at Miami. A lot of people don't realize this. His yeah. dad played at Miami. He was born down there. I mean, he has some ties and and he knows how to run a program at that um, in that type of situation. And he's going to do a tremendous job. I only have one complaint. Okay, what's that? I only have one complaint on Mike Mack. All yeah. right, he has forgotten that he is now in the Eastern Time Zone. Uh-huh. And he has called me. He called me this morning at six oh five local time this morning. I was like, bro, he's <laughs> like, look, man, I'm not coaching anymore. Six oh five early. I got the kids aren't even up yet, so my alarm goes yeah. off at six thirty. Yep. So he he called me at six oh five this morning. But yep. no, I love, he, he forgot. Now if he was on Central Time Zone, he'd be fine. But you know, he, he right. I think he he forgets whatever time zone everybody's on. So. If you uh, if you're a Mike if you know Mike Mack and he's and you're out in Colorado or California then then he's probably gonna call you at three in the morning so he he's, yeah be uh, ready be ready to go but, but I yeah. tell you what he'll do he'll do what he did at San Jose you know he was he followed Oklahoma State he was the, really the second school to do it with the uh, satellite camps yep and he did them all up and down the California coast and that's how he built his team is he got really good uh, in person evaluations of players and and uh, those were guys that went on to be great players he even brought um, half of those guys his first year to Colorado and those were his seniors on the team that uh, went 10 and 2 were from those satellite camps in California um, and he'll do the same thing in in Florida he'll go up and down the Florida coast and he'll find some players he doesn't have to go far no he doesn't and a fun fact Mike McIntyre the best in-person evaluator I've ever seen with my own eyes He's phenomenal. I mean, he, he yeah. when he sees them, I mean, he's 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 good. He he, he yeah, doesn't he, he doesn't he doesn't miss very much when he sees them in person. Well, let's let's put it this way: at Colorado, um, that ten and two season, he had three defensive backs that were drafted in the first three rounds. Three defensive backs, I think, that went in the first three rounds from that ten and two season. Then the next year, okay. He had a corner that went in the second round, so all those guys were on the same team. All those and probably guys none of them had offers coming out of high school. That's probably that's no, what I'm saying. None of all. Them. Yeah, none of them. Yeah, they were all. Yeah, the best they could get was Colorado, and and like I said, half of them were committed to San Jose. And the running back too, right? Philip Lindsay, the running back. Philip Lindsay. Yep. Philip was an undrafted free agent. Now is a dude in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he's already been to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. I mean, it's just he, so. he's he's really. I'm excited for him, uh, minus the fact that he's in the Eastern uh, Standard Time Zone. Yeah. Um, besides that, where everything's good, but no, he. Uh, I'm I'm so happy for him, man. But hey, the home visit karma. So we've had now. So 
Hugh comes on to do the, you know, let's talk about this home visit karma now. So Hugh comes on, does the very first show. Okay, he got $4 million contract. Okay, so then we had, um, we've had uh, Rich Rod on. So Rich Rod gets the head job at Jacksonville State. We've had John Summerall on. He gets the head job at Troy. We got Mario Mario gets the nice bump and raise and moves on to uh, Miami. And now Mike Mack has got the job at FIU. So, I'm just telling you, DJ, I mean, the Patriots are going to be coming calling this time next year. Hey, as many episodes as I've done, I should I, I should be the head coach of the Patriots. Yeah, you should just trend. be the, take over for Roger Goodell. You should just go straight to being yes. the commissioner. <laughs> All right, so moving on, we're going to start talking about bowl games here. I want to ask you a question. Um, I got my opinion, but I want to, I want to ask you a question. As a coach and as a foot uh-huh. – let's go coach first. Right. What is your feeling on players opting out of bowl games? I would rather I'm not. I mean, I respect the guys that um, stay and play the whole season. I think it's each player's decision, and it's up to them and their family, and they're thinking about their future. But I really respect the guys that that play the whole season. You know, the bowl game is a part of the season. And so guys that play the entire season are the ones that have my respect. That's how I'll I'll phrase it. Yeah. You know, this – I think Christian McCaffrey, if I'm not mistaken, was like the first person to really get – to do it uh, when he was at Stanford. Um, and then it's become a thing, man. And and you got guys now, in my opinion, I mean, I under I mean, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be the first pick of the draft, I mean, I get it. I, I don't it's weird. Like I, I kinda have mixed emotions about it. I'm with you. There's part of me the way I grew up that that it's almost like quitting a little bit. Um, I can see that argument. But I can I can see the other side. I get very, I just I don't like it, man. It's like it loses. It's almost like you're. I don't. I'm with you. I, I don't know, man. I'm 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 all over the place oh, on this one. Everybody's in a different situation, so I can't say you know. Correct. I'm with you there exactly. No, it's I, I can't say that it's right for everybody. All I can tell you is I really respect the guys that play in the bowl game. Really respect them because I look at the bowl game as a part of the season. And so you don't want to quit on the team before the season's over. And um, I really respect the guys that play in these bowl games. And I think from a NFL's perspective, okay, well, like you take a guy like Matt Corral who's playing in the bowl game from everything I've been told unless something changes. Um, if I'm an NFL guy, that says something to me in a positive way, that this guy's a competitor he doesn't want to let his team down. That says a lot to me. Um, now, opting out of the bowl game has not hindered draft status. So, I'm not saying that does. But it, I think if you play, it does help, if that makes any sense. Um, and, and Mike Leach had a quote the other day that was really good. Um, and I and it's kind of how he feels. And I, this is the side of the point I see is, like, if you're opting out, Okay, that means you think you're about to have some long tenure career in the NFL. Okay, what is playing one more bowl, one more college football game going to do to hinder that? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, everybody's like, well, you could get injured. Well, you know what? You could have a car wreck when you knock on wood when you walk outside and get in a car too. I mean, there's – you can't – I don't think you can play the game scared either. I will say this. I'm a, I've always said this. I've had to have this conversation with players before is – if you start playing the game scared and to not get hurt, and I really had to do it at practice, right? So, especially in scrimmage situations, okay. If you're if you're playing the game to not get hurt, and you're trying, that's when you do get hurt, okay. And because you're you're trying, you're you're not going into it. You're 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 sitting back, and that's when injuries happen. And so, um, but you can get, like I said, you can you can get hurt just as much these days off the field as you can on the field. And so I just don't believe in, in going through life. I don't know. It's just a bad mojo. It's going through life scared. I don't know. I don't, I'm not not a fan of that. So, but anyway, you know what time it is, DJ? We're going to talk a little. It's pick time. Pick time with the early bowl games. All right. So this is what we're going to do. Boom. Okay. We're going to pick five bowl games. Okay. Between, I guess they start this coming Friday, and they okay. go. Uh, we're going to go through the 22nd. So the 22nd is the uh, Army-Missouri game because then we'll have another episode okay. coming out after that. So um, we'll go through that. Okay, DJ, 
as always, because I have mortally sucked all year long. Okay. Okay. You know, but yeah, I might as well. If I've sucked all year, this is kind of like a new season. So I'm gonna see if I can like get some bowl game mojo going, and see if we can get some get some money going for the for the uh, fans of home visit. So I'm gonna let you start off though. Go ahead, Bo. All right, first game that I'm going to select here is Western Kentucky Appalachian State in the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Okay, <laughs> say that real and fast three times. RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Okay, <laughs> okay. And anyway, Appalachian State is um, is favored by three, and uh, I'm going to take the Appalachian State. I really am. I know their Western their OC is is at Texas Tech. And um, I think Appalachian State's going to win this game by more than three points. I like it. It's a good pick. I'm also picking this game, okay? But I'm I'm going against. I'm not going against you. I'm taking the over. The over is at 68. My man Bailey Zappi, okay? Listen, if you're if you're a college football fan, which I assume you are watching this, if you don't watch this game, this come <laughs> this comes on it. 10 a.m. Central Time on Saturday morning. Okay, so bright and early Saturday morning. Tune it up. Bailey Zappi, the quarterback for Western Kentucky, I, I really think this guy is going to be a legit NFL player, okay? And he may not ever start a game in the NFL, but he'll be a backup for like 46 years, okay, if he doesn't if he doesn't start, okay? But this guy is extremely accurate with the ball, can really spin the piss out of it now. But he's came with his offensive coordinator, who is now going to Texas Tech, I believe, right? The, new, the Western Correct. Kentucky coordinator is going there. Yep. Um, but these guys score points, and they score points in bunches. On the flip side, okay, they can't stop a nosebleed right now, okay, and, and App State is scoring too. Um, I'm going the over 68. I think that's easy money. Um, I think this is an extremely high-scoring game. Uh, just to give you an idea, uh, the last game they – I mean, every game that they've played, Western Kentucky has played – there was 90 points scored in the last game, 84 before that, 69 before that. I mean, every game they play is over 68 points. I'm going all day long the over 68. Boom. Got all right, it. what you got next? Next, I've got UTEP versus Fresno in the PUBG Mobile New Mexico Bowl. All right, fun okay. fact. Do you know yeah. what that – what what? it's not P <laughs> – it's not P-U-B-G. It's PUBG Mobile. Do you know what that is? No. Really? You don't know? No. That's why your I call kids it don't play? All right, so this is a video game that's on your phone. It's kind of like uh, it's like Fortnite, but with real guns. Okay. Oh, okay. And uh, kids play it all the time, um, but it's PUBG Mobile. It's a fun game, by the way. Me and my gotcha. man, Brennan Chapman, used to get after it. We could, we could, we could play. Right. Well, it's in Albuquerque, the Mexico Bowl, and UTEP Miners are taking on the Fresno State Bulldogs, and the Fresno State Bulldogs do not have a coach. Fresno State is favored by 11.5. I'm going with the UTEP Miners. Hey, UTEP and UTSA have made you some money this year. <laughs> That's They've right. been good to you. That's right. All right, I'm skipping this game. I'm going to the next game, which is the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. The Independence Bowl okay. – has been has changed names more than any bowl game ever. The best one though was when back in the day when I was at Auburn, and Auburn played uh -huh. Army '96 my freshman year. It was yep. the Poolan Weed Eaters Independence Bowl. So the Independence Bowl in Shreveport is UAB versus BYU. BYU's uh, favored by seven. I'm taking BYU to cover uh, more than seven. Uh, UAB's really good, but BYU, as we as we all know, BYU has played a tough schedule and has, you know, dominated. Uh, coaches coming back, uh, I just – I think they're really, really good. Um, I, I like BYU big in this game. And this, I, 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 hate, I hate to say it because all my buddies at UAB, but BYU is a that's – a, that's a big big task. I mean, they're the 13th-ranked team in the country, and they're only a seven-point favorite against UAB. And I'm, I, I'm picking that same game, and I'm taking BYU too. Oh. And and um, I'm, I'm along the length time – along the same lines as you is that's a 10 and two record on a power five schedule. Yes. I mean, they played power five teams week in and week out. That's, that's not 10 and two in a group of five schedule. That's a 10 and two on a power five schedule. And so I'm taking BYU too. 
And look, BYU, I mean, UAB's a good team now. And yeah. they're really good on defense. They're, they're good on – got a veteran quarterback. You know, Tyler the Johnson kids play 87,416 games. Okay. Um, you know, Hopkins has kind of taken over the job there for him. But, I mean, he he's had a great year throwing and, and UAB can run the ball. Um, it's just – it's to me, it's just a – it's a matchup deal. BYU's very underrated to be playing in the Independence Bowl, which blew my mind that they even got there. I thought they would get a little – uh, better gig than that, but they didn't. So, um, right. all right, see, so I'm up. So, here we go. Is some of that because BYU is not in a conference, you think? Yes, I know. I mean, because yeah, – Because they're, they don't have – you know, they have the conference ties. They got those conference ties, and it's the same thing. It's like, you know, now all the bowl games have gone to conference ties. And that goes back to – I wish, like I said, I wish they'd go back and just let's go to – it'd take care of all the opt-outs if we'd go to a bigger playoff. But, you know, right. but when you're when you're a – now they're going into a conference, right? Yeah, Big Twelve. Yeah, so they'll, that'll that'll get fixed, but it is what it is. Yeah. All right, my next game is the Utah. This is the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl presented by I have no idea. Is it Stifle? I guess I don't even know what that is. <laughs> These bowl games are killing me right now. We should have got yes. us a quick recruiting bowl. You know that we should have done that. Um, yeah. Oregon uh, State is favored by seven. Uh, same kind of along the same lines as I'm going with here with uh, BYU. I just think Utah State's a really good football team. I mean, they've won um, ten games or ten and three. But I'm going with I think Oregon State's going to be able to run the football, and control the game a little bit, good on defense. I'm going Oregon State minus seven against Utah State. I am picking that same game, but I'm going the other direction. <sighs> I was pretty impressed Utah State in that Mountain West Championship game. You know, San Diego State is a good team, and Utah State just completely destroyed them. And I think that uh, they're playing good football right now. You know, Blake Anderson's got them rolling, and uh, I'm going with uh, the Utah State Aggies. Yeah, I'm going. I'm just going. I didn't have a lot of options on this when I picked this game. I really almost went the way because you know the bowl games. I've always said you got to you know opt outs. You got to pay attention to, but also the team that yeah. wants to be there. And Utah State, after winning one game, they're going to want to be there. Uh, I think yes. that's probably. I don't know. Uh, you're probably right on that one. So I'm not. I'm going to stay with my Oregon State to see if I can catch up. But you're probably right on that one. All right, my next game is the. One the one bowl game that's basically stayed the exact same sponsor since it's been out, and that's the R and L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. So this goes to the Sun Belt Champ, um, and they the twelve and one Louisiana Raging Cajuns are playing Marshall, the seven and five Marshall Thunder and Herd, and ULL are five point um, uh, favorites, and I'm taking ULL minus five, uh, even though Billy. Uh, left they hired a coach on staff i think there's gonna be a lot of continuity um i think a lot of those guys are going to coach in the bowl game minus billy i think <clears throat> so i really like what they're doing there i think the kids it's one last go out for those guys and and it, this will be a uh, raging cajuns home game they travel extremely well considering it's in new orleans they always do when they play there um, i love uh ull minus five against marshall i think that's a good pick but i'm not choosing that game the game that I'm going with, and I know this is an emotional pick, but I still believe it, is Kent State is playing my Wyoming Cowboys in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, okay? If you don't like warm weather, this is the bowl game you go to, okay? Okay, if you don't like warm weather, you, you, you like the cold, okay? You like snow, you like the snowmobile, you like the snow ski, okay? Then then you take yourself to the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Wyoming is favored by three, and they're going to win this game by more than three. I mean, this is this is the Wyoming Cowboys, okay? These guys are tough. They're smart. They're good-looking, all right? And uh, and they're going to win this game by more than three points. How did I know you were going to pick that game? <laughs> hey, it's no. there's no bias in that one either. No bias at all. You know, you know, no bias. Yeah. All right. My next game, I think it's my last game, if I'm not mistaken. I'll, I'll pick another one if it's not. Uh, is Missouri 
and Army. Army is favored by three and a half. Okay? But that's not where I'm going on this one. I'm going the okay. over. The over is at 58 and a half. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm taking the over. Okay? I don't think Missouri can stop a nosebleed uh, running the football, and they're fisting to see uh, a brand of football they haven't seen probably ever. Um, and they and the, up front, I just don't think they're going to be able to do it. And at the same time, I think Missouri on offense is going to be able to score some points uh, based on uh, athletes. Uh, so I'm going the over 58 and a half. I think that's a – I think that's a very safe bet. So I'm going Missouri Army over at 58 and a half. Boom. Well, that's it. That's all the uh, that's all the picks. But hey, guys, make sure you follow us on Twitter uh, on Home Visit Siski uh, on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to uh, to Home Visit. Subscribe. Leave us a three star review. We're going to be putting the videos out, the full video episode out on uh, YouTube this week. Make sure you give us all your thumbs up and likes and all that good stuff. And guess what, DJ? Until next time, take care. We'll see you again. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.